Welcome back to the Lions College Football Podcast. I'm Brett Gibbons with thelines.com, and once again, I am joined by the one and only Kelly Ford. Kelly, today we are here to do something just a little bit different from our usual content. The final college football playoff rankings just dropped yesterday, and, well, there's some of many opinions on them, uh, you know, not to disinclude us here. Kelly, you do your most deserving rankings throughout the season. You've shared them here on the podcast regularly, so let's get in and compare them. Before we get into it, don't forget to follow the lines on Twitter at the lines US. You can find me at Road to CFB. And Kelly, you can be found at K Ford Ratings. We'll be here uh, throughout the entire college football postseason, breaking down the slates and bowl games. But let's talk about these rankings. I just want right now your initial knee jerk reaction to our final four. I'm disappointed, Brett. Uh, I'm disappointed for Florida State. And I don't know, I've thought about it, you know, recording this almost 24 hours after the um, selections were announced, that the rankings were announced. So it's had time to sink in. If I'm a Florida State fan, I'm really distraught. I'm not even a Florida State fan, and I feel I, I feel for them. I mean, there's nothing more that Florida State could have done. I mean, they they played by the rules. They scheduled how you'd want them to schedule. I mean, they have two SEC teams on their on their schedule, uh, including an LSU team who who is ranked by the committee, which we know they value. They won every single game they played, and now it just feels to me like the committee, a group of thirteen individuals in a conference room, has taken away an opportunity that Florida State earned because that group of individuals thinks that they don't have a very good chance to win a semifinal game. I I don't know. That's really hard to rationalize. And we're going to get to my most deserving here in a second. So it's not even that I don't think Alabama's a deserving team, because my, my rankings are going to suggest that, that I do. I think in this very unique circumstance, um, the, committee, the committee got it wrong. Now, I, I got a lot of pushback on Twitter when – you know, just like everyone else had a firestorm of tweets kind kind of ripping the committee here. Do I think that they got the two best possible matchups? Yeah, I actually think they did. I, I really do. I'm very excited for these games. Is that their job to give us the two most exciting matchups? I guess ambiguously, but my problem comes with it in that one through three are most deserving. Six, seven, eight, all the way through 25 are resume based. Four and five are the only spots in which they chose the quote-unquote better team over the one that's perhaps more deserving. Now, I got I got pushback with that. People said, no, they got it right. They got the four best teams. Now, I don't think they did because if you put the four best teams in based on the criteria of what we consider best power ratings, et cetera, then uh, Georgia and Ohio State probably should have been in over Texas and Washington. Now, of course, that's not that, – <laughs> that could not have happened. That That would have been – even more of an insult to the sport than, than I think we already have here. But I think that's where my issue lies in that if we're doing best, then Florida state should not be ranked ahead of Georgia, Ohio state, Oregon. Uh, if we're doing most, uh, you know, resume deserving, then Alabama shouldn't be in. So they didn't do either. They kind of moved the goalposts and we heard Boo Corrigan rationalize Liberty in the new year's six bowl. Uh, we heard him talk about other quarterback injuries that no to SMU. No, it didn't matter. Okay, well, does it or does it not? It was just the inconsistencies, I think, that that really got me here. But based on your most deserving rankings, what would your playoff field look like? 
Yeah, I just I'll get to that here. I promise. I do. I want to agree with what you've said. The inconsistencies, and yes, if you are truly looking for the four best teams, Ohio State and Georgia are the in the top four best teams. Washington, by any metric out there, is not one of the four best teams, but they deserve to make the playoff, which is why I've had them in my most deserving. The entire second half of the regular season, since, since since they beat Oregon in Week 7, they've been in my top four most deserving, and they continue to be. I'm not advocating for Washington to not, or Florida State to not be in the top four. I'm advocating for consistency. Like you said, picking and choosing when you're doing deserving, when you're doing resume, versus when we're just going to say arbitrarily, nope, this team's better than that team. And that's just what we, a group of 13 people, think, and that's that's what we're going to roll with. I agree. The inconsistency was is hard to swallow for sure. Okay, so all of that said, Brett, my most deserving, I'll give you my top seven of the most deserving. Michigan's number one. Uh, they've been number one for me for a couple weeks now since they beat Ohio State. They they took over from Ohio State being number one. Brett, Alabama jumped from number seven to number two in my most deserving. I mean, that, that's where they are. That's That's what the numbers say. That's where they are. I present them unaltered, and that's what it is. Now, it is important to note Alabama's most deserving raw rating, if you will, raw score, is a 1.005. Washington is my number three at 1.002. Florida State is my number four at 1.000. I always set number four to have a score of 1.000. They're basically 100% deserving to make a four-team playoff. Anything above that, your your percentage points more deserving. Anything less, your percentage points less deserving, right? And so Alabama at number one is 1.005. Sorry, number two. Texas is number five at 0.996. So, I mean, they are right there. Ohio State is actually my number six, 0.993. Georgia is number seven at 0.953. So from two, Alabama, to six, Ohio State, you're separated by 0.012. I mean, this is like an insanely close, like 1% of deservedness separates that group. So people will say, well, Kelly, you can't get mad Alabama's in the playoff. You have them number two and you're most deserving. That's true. I do have them number two in my most deserving. And as I've said consistently throughout the time that I've been producing power ratings and resume rankings, the numbers are a great place to start the conversation. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lens through which we can view the picture. That, that's what it is for me. I've never said that it's the end-all, be-all of everything. I've actually said quite the opposite. I make adjustments all the time to my own kind of most deserving subjectively to try to honor head-to-head when I can. Now, in this case, I probably wouldn't honor the head-to-head of Alabama and Texas because Alabama's at two and Texas is at five, even though they are only separated by .009 uh, in, in the raw rating. I think at the final stage, at the end of everything, the regular season, the conference championships – we look at this and say, okay, here's what the numbers say. How do we feel about it? If you wanted to leave it as I have presented, I could I could live with that. You have the three undefeated teams, and you have Alabama, who for, for me is the most deserving of the one loss. Do I like that Alabama's ahead of Texas when Texas went into Tuscaloosa and won that game? No, I don't like that. I don't like that my numbers suggest that. However, at two and five, by trying to alter that, you are rewarding and or punishing other teams that are not involved in that head-to-head conversation. So if you wanted to leave at Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Florida State, I could live with it. 
I can't really live with what the committee did because Florida State, I have in the top four. They are not in the top four. So to me, I would have taken what my most deserving was over what the committee did, even though Texas will say, what the heck, man? Like, we beat Alabama. I agree with you. So in an ideal world, honestly, how I would stack these teams up, I'd say Michigan's one, Washington's two, Florida State is three, and Texas is four. That's what I would do. That is what seems right to me. Now, again, people will say, well, Kelly, the committee did what they seemed was right to them. Maybe, but the committee's looking forward and saying, we just don't think Florida State can win against any of these teams. People didn't think TCU could win against any of those teams last year either, and they went out and beat Michigan. We can't use a forward-looking mentality to, to, to rationalize selection. Like, I, otherwise, like, what are we doing? You, you can't look forward and say, well, I think this might happen. No, we've seen what's just happened since late August. Let's pick, let's pick the four teams that deserve to make the playoff and then let them settle it, let them figure it out. So that's why I, I wanted to say all of that because people could say, well, Kelly, you're being inconsistent in your line of thinking. I really don't think I am. I think I've now tried to outline how I feel, why I feel that way, and the difference between what I'm saying and what the committee's saying is I'm just using the resumes. I'm using what we've seen on the field to determine this. The committee didn't do that. The committee said, man, Florida State, and they and, and Boo Corrigan said it. Everybody on the ESPN set said it. They're like, man, I feel so bad for Florida State. You didn't have to feel bad for Florida State. It was within your power to put them in. So please don't patronize me as a Florida State supporter if I'm one and say, oh, I feel really bad for you. You guys did everything we asked, but sorry. Like, that, that's not good enough for me. Really quick, for those that may be new to your most deserving rankings, what goes into them? How do you arrive at the conclusion? Yeah, good point. I should have started with that, I guess. Um, so there's two components, really. It's um, record achievement, which is basically saying – how difficult has it been to achieve the record that you have given the schedule that you've played? So what I do is I look at every single team's schedule, all 133, through the lens of the average top 25 FBS team. And I ask the question, or the, the model asks the question, how would the average top 25 team be expected to perform against this schedule? Meaning, what would the expected win-loss record be of the average top 25 team if they played this schedule? And then you can say, okay, that's what the average top 25 tw- to average top 25 team would be expected to do. You do that for every single schedule. So now we have a common denominator for every single schedule. And you say, okay, now that we know that, how has this team actually performed against their schedule with regard to win-loss record? If you've performed better than the average top 25 team, then you're going to have a positive score there, a score of more than one. If you have a, a record that is worse than what the average top 25 team would be expected to do, you'll have a, a score that's less than one. And so basically it's a percent chance that the average top 25 team would have your record or better given the schedule you played. Very, very similar concept. It's actually the exact same concept as ESPN's strength of record. ESPN use, strength of record uses the ESPN FPI as the engine for that. I'm using, of course, the K Ford ratings as the engine for that. But a ver- the, the same concept applied using different power ratings as the engine. That's only part... That ESPN strength of record leaves it there. And they say, okay, that's what your strength of record is. I don't think... That, I think it's a really good concept. There's a reason I use it. I, it's, it's phenomenal. I don't think that's taking it far enough. So I do have an, a second component in my most deserving, and that's looking at your relative scoring margin. So again, same thing. It looks at the schedule you've played through the lens of the average top 25 team. What would the average top 25 team be expected to 
outscore or be outscored against each opponent on the schedule. So it creates this expected scoring margin. And then you say, okay, how have you done with regard to scoring margin against that schedule? Have you done better than what's expected of the average top 25 team? Or have you done worse? I then mash those two components together. They're not even, they're not equally weighted. Like to me, they're not worth equal weights, but it's important because for ESPN strength of record, Brett, here, here, here's why it's important to have something like this. You can use any two teams you want. Let's use, um, let's use Alabama and Florida State, just for example, because they both played LSU. Now, they didn't both play them at the same site, so, so that's important here. But for example, if Alabama plays LSU at a neutral site, I'm totally making this up as an example. If Alabama plays LSU at a neutral site and wins by 10 points, great. If Florida State plays LSU at a neutral site and wins by 21 points, great. An ESPN strength of record Alabama and Florida State just got the same amount of credit because they both beat the same opponent at the same location. Okay, I, I, yep, but they didn't beat them by the same margin. Like those games weren't the exact same. You shouldn't get the exact same credit because those games weren't the exact same. So in my mod, in my most deserving, Florida State in this scenario gets slightly more credit than Alabama for beating LSU at a neutral site because they beat them by more points. And so that to me is why it's important to have that kind of second component. And Hey, I know there are. Well, there was a garbage time touchdown here, or well, they could have kept. Uh, they could have kept running up the score. They they pulled their starters in the third quarter. Listen, there is all sorts of caveats. There's all sorts of th- this, that, there, the other. The reality is, a large portion of college football games come down to the end of the game when both teams are still playing their full starters. Everyone's still trying to win. Yes, you get garbage time. I get all that. You filter what you can. You make the best of what you can. The concept is trying not to assign the exact same amount of credit for beating the same opponent at the same location if the actual game was different between the two teams that were playing. So that's um, that's how I get to my most deserving. That's, that's the rationale. That's the methodology. Uh, it's worked really, really well. Brett, I will say, um, when I say it's worked well, I don't mean I'm trying to match the committee. It's actually quite the opposite. I'd like to see the committee match my approach. So I'm p- trying to put things out there for people to hopefully latch on to and try to promote and share and all that stuff to increase the visibility of this method because it doesn't have to be my most deserving. There's lots of other you know resume rankings out there. If we could kind of involve those in the process a little bit more, I think that would make it a better process. This is the first time, Brett, since I've been doing these these ratings and rankings. So it's been five plus years now. It's the first time that the committee's top four on Selection Sunday have not matched my top four in the same order that I had. So not only has my most deserving been the committee's top four every year, my most deserving one, two, three, four has been the committee's one, two, three, four, which is why I've never had a problem with what the committee has done before, ever. Like, this is the first time that I've sat there on Selection Sunday on my couch watching the show and, dude, my head dropped. Like, and as soon as I saw Texas at three, I knew it. I thought Alabama was either going to be three or five. I had like talked myself into the committee's either going to say that Alabama is better than Texas. So the head to head's not going to come into play. They're going to be in that first grouping of three and Texas won't be. So the head to head won't come into play, but they're still going to put Florida state in because there's no way you can leave out a 13 and 0 power five champion. Like that was my thinking. Or the committee's going to say, Nope, they are comparable because we have the three power five undefeateds in the top three, the first group of three. And now Texas and Alabama are next to each other and you got to reward the head to head. So I really thought, Alabama was going to be three or five. When I saw Texas pop up at three, I knew right away that, I, I, that Alabama was going to show up at four. They did Georgia at six, which we knew they were going to do. And then I'm just sitting there waiting and I'm holding my breath and I'm like, please be wrong, be wrong. Be, 
I saw the Alabama logo, my head dropped, and I just, I just felt terrible because you could have. My last thought, Brad, I've been talking too long. I'm, I'll turn it back to you. My last thought on it is you could have looked Alabama in the eye on Selection Sunday and said, you should have won at Texas. Or you should have won against Texas. You should have won against Texas. If you would have won against Texas, you'd be in. You cannot look Florida State in the eye and say anything to them. What are you going to say? Your quarterback shouldn't have gotten hurt? What? No way. You, you cannot say. And also, hey, by the way, I know your quarterback got hurt two and three quarters games ago, like two and a half plus games ago. And I know you won each of those three games that you played without him. But nah, your quarterback shouldn't have gotten hurt because guess what? You're going to be a big underdog against Texas, Washington, Michigan, any of these teams. So because of that, you, you get left out. I can't stomach that. I could have stomached looking at Alabama and saying, you should have beaten Texas on your home field. Simple as that. Well, we kind of started bleeding into it, so let's just run with it. I, I want to expand to our New Year's Six Bowl games and get your thoughts on where you agree or disagree. One major one that I think we're both – oh, no. Nope, I'm looking at your most deserving. No, we're going to disagree on this. Let, let, I, I just open-ended thoughts on uh, on these New Year's Six Bowl matchups. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so let me just roll down through them here as I'm looking at it. So we start can, can with you, – Can you guess where I'm going to disagree? Um, with mine, is it, it's our, it's our group of five representative. Oh, it's it's, okay. So let me, let's start right there on that game then. Okay. My most deserving, I have Liberty number 16 and my most deserving, I have SMU number 23. So I'm assuming that's where the, the contention is going to be here. Um, other, other group of five teams that I have in my top 30, uh, I have James Madison number 20. Again, I rank James Madison because I don't have to conform to the eligibility rules that I know the committee is, 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 um, bound by. So I have James Madison number 20. I'd still have Liberty ahead of them, right? 16 at 13 and 0. Um, James Madison 20, SMU 23, Tulane is number 30 for me. Those are my four G5 in the top 30 so uh, I'll go where you led us to earlier Brett when asked about that and I didn't I stopped watching the show because I was just I was um I was I was distraught by it and I was like you know what this will be actually be the Sunday I can watch them I'll watch them NFL because I always do ratings work on Sunday and I was like there's no ratings work to do and I'm disappointed in what happened I'm gonna watch the NFL so I had started watching the Colts game by that by the point they got to this in the show but I saw it later um Boot Corrigan said Liberty just kept winning <laughs> Liberty kept winning so they're, we're going to reward them over SMU because Liberty kept winning, um, which is just not consistent with what they did at 4-5, and five, as you pointed out. So for me, though, I do think on a neutral field, SMU is a big-time favorite against Liberty. I mean, you're talking double digits probably. Um, but from a deservedness standpoint, which is what I advocate for at this time of year and, and selection for bowls and, and playoff and all that, I do have Liberty as the as the more deserving team. Now, the committee has Oregon at number 8. That's where I had them going into conference championship game weekend. They were overranked all year. I talked about that numerous times in articles for the lines.com. Like, uh, like I, that was my team. That was, and I was terrified that Oregon was going to beat Washington and be in the playoff and be an undeserving team in the playoff. I was terrified of that. Now we ended up getting a different terrifying reality, but um, I thought on Friday night we had avoided those things and, and it obviously didn't work out that way in the end, but I have Oregon number 10. So I actually have Ole Miss and Missouri ahead of Oregon. I know the committee does not. So I actually agree with the New Year's Six rep, Brett. I'll turn it to you because I, I know you don't now. Uh, well, it's, it's when we're talking about your uh, relative scoring margin, 
in you can you know ESPN's uh, strength of record has uh, Liberty I, I think also at 16 or or at least they did yesterday, um, and that is ahead of SMU. But we highlighted this before the season, and this number did not change. They played the easiest mm-hmm. single FBS schedule in the country, so it's it's tough to to look at Liberty and say, hey, you should have scheduled a better slate well that's that's impossible they had just joined conference usa it's the weakest conference i think by a a healthy margin even compared to the mac especially this year with two 10 win teams in the mac but i just put smu in their shoes they would be 13 and 0 they'd be 13 and 0 if preston stone got hurt in the preseason because it's just a better football team they played oklahoma and they played tcu those are their two losses on their schedule and so i guess at this point i'm showing my cards of well, now I'm picking the better teams and moving the goalposts because I said that Florida State should be in the playoff because they're the, the resume, the more deserving team, in my opinion. And again, I don't do most deserving rankings. Your numbers are objective. I am very subjective here in my reasoning. I just I, I think there's been a dangerous precedent set across college football this year with all of the rankings. And whether my logic is consistent, whether the committee's logic is inconsistent, you are now incentivizing teams to schedule the cheapest and simplest uh, schedules possible. That now, I think, moving forward, we're going to, unless the, uh, the, the top of the FBS, the Power 5, breaks into their own uh, league and only plays each other, um, we're, I think down the line, we're going to see teams not scheduling difficult out-of-conference opponents. And I, I think Liberty's an example of that. And it's, Jamie Chadwell showing up and going 13-0 in his first year is awesome. I, I, they should be commended. Their, their offense is one of my favorite things to watch in college football. But when you're playing a schedule that easy and all of a sudden you are almost handed a New Year's Six Bowl because of it, whereas SMU went on the road to Oklahoma and TCU and is transitioning to the Power Five, it's just like it's hard to look at them and say, well – you wanted to challenge yourself, therefore you're not going to be rewarded in the postseason. Whereas Liberty, great job. You played the easiest schedule in all of FBS by, and it wasn't even close. I think Toledo may have been second, but you know they play, they lost to a 10 win team in the, in the conference championship. But it, it, you're just setting a dangerous precedent, I think. And I think I don't disagree with you, Brett. And I think it was going to be set either way because th- this way it happened, or if you would have put. Or if you would, if Alabama would have missed the playoff, if you would have had Florida State and Texas in there, as I'm suggesting you should have, Alabama could very rightly say, "Never again." Why am I scheduling Texas? I'm scheduling New Mexico State, like uh, Auburn did, and hopefully we don't lose, like to New Mexico State, like Auburn did. But I'm scheduling them because if if if, if Alabama doesn't play Texas and doesn't lose to Texas, if they play some G5 or just some other team that they're going to beat. They are 13-0 SEC champs, and there is no question right. that they are in the playoff, right? And so at, at that point, at that point, you so Alabama getting in does preserve the incentive in a way to schedule big non-conference games, out-of-conference non-conference games. But you could make the case that if, if the committee did the quote right thing, as I suggested, that we'd lose that. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on the non-conference thing. I, I I love them, right? Like everybody does. You want to see big time matchups. You want to like all that. I need them from a data standpoint to interconnect the conferences, right? Like the more non-conference data points we have, the better we are able to tell the relative strength of each conference to then ultimately 
get the right ordinal ranking of teams within the power ratings, right? Like those those data points are incredibly valuable. And I, I know I know New Mexico State beat Auburn, so it's a bad example. But like New Mexico State Auburn isn't isn't a great data point um, for comparative sake in most years. Um, Alabama Texas that's a really really good data point that really helps us level set kind of the, the relative strength of those two conferences at least compared to one another with what we have so I need them I want them I'm also wondering in this new mega conference landscape moving forward Brett like are teams really going to challenge themselves in the non-conference because their conference schedule just got so much harder everybody's just got so much harder because you're aggregating the power into just a couple places that makes your week in and week out that much harder. People are mad. The SEC only plays eight conference games. Like I don't even blame them. Like look at look how difficult that eight game slate's going to be. And the Big Ten's playing their nine. And people say, well, you know, they should be like. I don't know what the right answer is there, but it's. I agree with you. It's it's a dangerous precedent. I think it was going to be set either way. Um, but I would, from a most deserving standpoint, have liberty there. And I totally get what you're saying. If SMU played that schedule, they'd likely be 12, or 13 and 0 against it too. And even without Preston Stone, as you said. Um, but ultimately, we have to judge what's been accomplished. And I think the committee in this case did that. Um, so that so I'm okay with that. As I look down the other bowls, Brett. I mean, it, so in the uh, in the Cotton Bowl, it's. Ohio State and Missouri. I have Ohio State most deserving number six, Missouri number nine. Peach Bowl, um, it's Penn State and Ole Miss. I have Ole Miss number eight, Penn State number 11. Orange Bowl, Florida State and Georgia. Of course, you know I have Florida State number four. I have Georgia number seven, and then at least and that leaves the Fiesta Bowl, Oregon and Liberty. I have Oregon number 10 and Liberty number 16. So I know I didn't say those in order, but actually my top 11 most deserving teams are all playing in a New Year's Six game. And then Liberty is is the New Year Six or the G five New Year Six representative. They're number sixteen for me, but but they're reserved a spot in that top twelve, if you will, of of, of bowl slots. So I actually think from a getting the top eleven most deserving teams into the New Year Six, I think the committee did that. Um, Oklahoma for me is is number twelve, uh, and LSU's number thirteen. Those are the two teams that that were the next two in my most deserving uh, rankings that aren't in a New Year Six bowl. So. I think the committee did a, a good job of getting the right mix of teams into those games. And I know there's bowl tie-ins like for the Orange Bowl and, and other things that, that they have to be worried about there. And so I, I, I'm always less concerned about, you know, the the New Year's Six or really any bowl in terms of qualification and matchups and all that stuff. Like, I think those games are going to be fun regardless. And I want to see the right teams in there, the teams that earn their spot. And I do think the committee got that. Um but it's it's still hard to be happy with the outcome of the day when you're not happy with the the, the four teams that were selected for the playoff. Yeah, I I, I agree with the the New Year's Six pairings. Uh, I already voiced my disagreement about you know the Group Five representative. But if you're going to do the, the deserving thing, then then yeah, Liber- Liberty's the deserving team to put in there. Uh, and it it makes sense why Oklahoma is the odd team out. They have the worst loss among the um, teams that are in the New Year's Six. Uh, category to Kansas. Uh, you look at Penn State, they lost to Ohio State and Michigan. The fact that they're even at 10 is the fact that they're not the highest ranked uh, two loss team to me is, is pretty incredible. You look at Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, forgivable. Oregon lost Washington twice. You know, it's just kind of those, those are the losses that we're looking at in, in these, uh, you know, top, top 12 teams. And then of course, Oklahoma, well, you lost Kansas, man. Sorry. You're, you're the odd team out. Um, and I, and I do think that that is going to affect the landscape of, 
what we see moving forward. Just to touch back on our not scheduling difficult non-cons. One, you don't have to look even further than the opening weekend next year. Uh, I think 65% of the games involve FCS teams. <laughs> so if you're a fan of seeing these FCS games, great. Uh, but to be honest, Kelly, that's that's a weekend where I'm going to be on the road watching a good football game in person because that is not worth a, a TV time. But that's that's looking too far forward. And the other thing to me is I'm not worried about Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia scheduling easy non-cons. I'm worried about Notre Dame, Iowa, Penn State, the kind of mm-hmm. second tier that now is not fighting for the top four. They're now fighting for top 12. And that sway, I hope the decision comes down to, well, did you beat quality teams or is it just record-based? And if they show their hand that it's just record-based to get into the top 12, we're going to be seeing a lot of teams schedule a lot of bad teams. We're going to be seeing a lot of 12-0 and 0 or 11-1 and 1 or 10-2 and 2 teams and a lot of 2-10 and 10 teams. That middle kind of 9-3 and 3 is going to start to disappear, in my opinion, if, if they're going to set the precedent of, hey, we're going to you know reward you for going 10-2 and 2 despite playing schedule rank 116 or, or what be it. But that's just a little bit of projection. Kelly, last thing I have for you, just scanning the rest of the top 25. Do you have any major bones to pick or, well, we know the most major bone to pick between four and five, but do you have anything that's substantial to you that jumps out? Uh, I'm looking quickly through my most deserving and the committees and in most of these cases, uh, and again, my most deserving rankings, they're on Twitter, uh, at K4 ratings they're on the website, K4Ratings.com for anyone that wants to see what they are. They are pretty much in alignment with the committees. I mean, most teams are within a couple spots. Oregon state is a team that I think the committees had way too much respect for all year. They have them number 19, they're number 28 for me. So from a deservedness standpoint, I would have them as maybe too high Oklahoma state, uh, another team that I think the committee got too high they have them number 20 i have them number 27 um but no i mean outside of those i'm looking down through i guess that means there's a couple teams that i have in there that the committee doesn't james madison of course is one of them they're not eligible for the committee rankings we know this i have utah number 19 utah is a team that i think um has been underranked by the committee consistently this year they've shown up on that top three list that i do for the lines.com um pretty regularly so i would say uh oklahoma state oregon state the osu's there uh, a little bit too high and utah um a little bit too low if you really want to nitpick at the, at the top two like Georgia and Ohio State I, I have Ohio State above Georgia ever so slightly um, I've had Ohio State above Georgia every week um, when they had the same record same number of losses I should say because right now their record's not the same but they have the same number of losses I have thought that Ohio State, or the numbers have thought that Ohio State has had a more deserving resume than Georgia, um, and it does end up that way for me with Ohio State at 6, Georgia at 7. But we knew from the get-go that Georgia was going to get um, preferential treatment because of the way that they performed each of the last two years, which again, credit to them. Two national championships in a row, 29 straight game winning, like that that's incredible. It's, it, I, I'm, that's best the best that we've seen out of any program in in a while now and the best you see from georgia maybe ever in a two-year period a two-plus year period but if we just look at the 2023 results um what they've accomplished on the field relative to expected i would have ohio state above them but no i think all in all i mean no major gripes with the the rankings outside the top 10 and uh yeah it's it was an interesting year um we had some really close calls, I felt like. We were really close to having a lot of upsets. If you look back on the year, 
we really didn't have that many like blockbuster mega upsets. You had some surprising results. You had some teams that had really really good seasons that maybe you didn't expect, or or the the the, uh, um, the neutral fan didn't didn't expect. Maybe some of the fan base did, but all in all, it, we didn't have a ton of shocking results like we've seen. Somebody somebody tweeted at me. They were like crazier than 2007, and I was like. No, not 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 even close. Actually, if we're really gonna think about this for a second, so um, yeah, it was it was a fun year. Uh, bowl season's gonna be awesome. I'm very curious to see how the playoff plays out because there's a very good chance that Alabama wins the national championship, and people will point to it and say, "See, this is why the committee got it right." Well, no, you cannot use performance to justify selection. I've said that before. Other people have said that. Uh, it's a very common phrase now that I hope more people latch onto. No matter what happens in the playoff, who plays well, who doesn't play well, who wins this thing, if we get a blowout, heaven forbid we get a blowout. We're Okay, we're, no, actually, I'm going to say it. We better not get a blowout because we've been guaranteed, right? Guaranteed. These are good matchups. You can't guarantee that. We think they're going to be good. We could very easily still see blowouts here in either the semifinals or the championship game. That's football. It's how it goes. You play the Georgia TCU game 100 times, you probably don't get another result as lopsided as the one we got in the championship game last year, but it's the one we got. It's the one people remember. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Don't don't use performance to justify selection is what I'll say. I'll say it probably a couple more times before the end of the year, but it was fun. And uh, college football, the drama, it, it, it always delivers that. We know it, and it certainly did this year. And again, I just I feel bad for Florida State. I'm excited that Alabama has the opportunity to potentially uh, show they are the best team in college football. But um, well, we'll make the we'll make the best of the situation we're in. Well, there you have it. A, a pretty comprehensive, I think, breakdown of your most deserving rankings, which we've been referencing all year. I'm glad we finally got to give it a proper spotlight, even if it's uh, with a little bit of disdain for for what kind of played out here on Sunday. But um, yeah, I mean, so the the TLDR, we vehemently disagree with four and five, uh, just for morale reasons, I suppose. But outside of that, New Year's Six, same field, top 25, more or less the same. Maybe a couple of discrepancies there. But uh, Kelly, I'd, I'd say that those most deserving rankings are, are pretty spot on if we're talking about just a couple of nitpicky things outside of one major decision. But don't forget to subscribe to Lines YouTube for college football odds and betting videos for the remainder of this bowl season. Uh, we are going to be doing some bowl confidence pool, my favorite thing, bowl confidence pool strategy coming up. I was just piecing together my initial uh, picks here this morning. But don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting app of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and drop us a good review if you like the show. I, I may be opening up a can of worms, but uh, drop your feelings on the top four below. You can tell us if you agree, disagree, uh, agree with each other, disagree with us, whatever it may be. Let us know down in the comments below. Kelly, before we wrap up, let everybody listening know once again where they can find your work. Include in the comment who you're who you're a fan of. I think I could probably guess based on your comment, but include that just to help with our context as we read it. Uh, you can find me on X at k Ratings, the website k Ratings.com, and over at thelines.com. Well, thank you so much, as always, for watching. I'm Brett Gibbons. That's Kelly Ford. We'll see you all next time.